Welcome to the Leave Insert Guidance Podcast. I'm your host, Danico Mahani, a secondary school guidance counselor. And I also run the Leave Insert Guidance Instagram and TikTok pages. So make sure to give them a follow. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by DBS. Looking for the right course for you? Find it now at DBS. Choose from a range of QQI accredited full-time degree courses in psychology, business, film, law, and many more starting this September. With Dublin City as your campus, world-class teaching, and our award-winning student experience team, DBS is the perfect start for you. Learn more or register for our open evening at dbs.ie. On today's show, we are talking about the CEO first round offers, subsequent rounds, available places, everything got to do with the CEO. And I'm joined by Eva McGarrell, guidance counsellor at the Institute of Education. You're welcome back, Eva. Thank you, Donica. Delighted to be back. So, Liebensert results were out on Friday, and now students are awaiting first round offers of the CEO, which come out on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Yeah. It's a, that's that's the big one, isn't it? So that's the big one, yeah. So you'll determine whether you have enough points now, uh, how things went. Um, well, I suppose the first thing students always panic at that stage at two p.m. Say my friend got an email at one thirty, but I still haven't got my email. What's the story there, Eva? Don't panic. They'll Don't panic. they'll get an email. They'll get an email. Sometimes they the the system would crash if they all went out completely at the same time. So they yeah. stagger it a little bit and don't panic. It, it, it's on its way. Yeah, it's on its way. So whether you sign up for the email, the SMS, whatever it is, you will get that. So don't panic if you didn't get yours and friends of yours have gotten theirs. CEO first round offers come out, Aoife. I felt like I got the points for some of the courses, but I didn't get an offer. Why haven't I got an offer for a course, even though I, I might have gotten the points? Okay, so it's really important to go back to your statement of application on the CAO and check that all the details are correct. So maybe you're a repeat student and you didn't sit Irish this year and Irish is a requirement and you didn't, you'd met that requirement in last year's sitting and you haven't put down that you're a repeat student, something like that. If that's the case, you go back and rectify those errors and hopefully you'll get a place in round two. Um, But you need to go back and just look at all those details that they're all correct. It can often be a very simple error and you're looking at correcting that error and hoping that there'll be a place in round two for you. Yeah, so just speaking about round two, I remember um, a registrar of a university one time telling me that generally 98% of this particular college place, uh, this particular university, their college places were filled in the first round. So it's, it's important for students to know that, that there's a huge amount of places filled in the first round and might not come out uh, or might not be offers in the second round. But I suppose that that brings us nicely to what are the rounds? How does that work? Why is there first round offers or second round offers, even right the way down to fifth round offers? Okay, so if I'm a university and let's just imagine I have 100 places in my course and I can't take 101 because let's imagine it's it's got a lab and I have four labs with 25 seats in a lab and I cannot go over for insurance reasons. So I'm going to offer out all 100 places in round one. 
um, to the, the, the 100 applicants with the highest number of points. And let's assume now that they've all met any other requirements that I have, college requirements. So if it was Trinity, it would be three H5s and three O6s or H7s. If it was UCD, it would be two H5s and four O6s or H7s, or maybe it's two H4s, I forget now. Um, but anyway, they all have college requirements. And then each individual course will have their course requirements. So for example, uh, veterinary science in UCD, you need a H5 in chemistry. Or um, if you want to do primary school teaching, you need a H4 in Irish. So lots of different courses will have their own requirements. So let's imagine that they all, all these applicants meet the, those requirements and then they go in a line in order of merit. The students with 625 are at the front, followed by 613, etc. And I'll work my way down and I'll offer all 100 prices in round one. Now, why might I have any places in round two. Well, let's just imagine that one of my students in the one of my 100 students is going on a gap year. So they've asked for a deferral and another one has accepted their place in a college in the UK. So now I only have, I have two places and I'm going to offer those out in round two to the next two people in, in my list in order of merit. So I'm going to offer out all places and hypothetically all 100 people could accept that offer and I may have no offers to make in round two. Yeah. And Aoife, sometimes you see a little asterisk, a little star beside points uh, on CEO first round. What exactly does that mean? That's a that's a bitter pill to swallow if you're in that position, because that means random selection. So in the analogy that I just gave there, the example I gave with my hundred places. So I'm I'm offering it out to 625 followed by the 613 and I work my way down and the hundredth person in the line. Let's just imagine that they have 570, but also the person who's 101st, 102nd and 103rd has 570. Well, then I'm going to put all those people with 570 in a little computer drum and pick out the number of places I have left in my line. So you might miss out on random selection, even though you met the points. But of course, you'd be the first in line then um, to get those places in round two, should there be any more places available in subsequent rounds. Yeah, and it's just very unfortunate, really. It's, as they say, the look of the draw, random selection. Uh, the most popular question I get on Leave Insert Guidance is, I'm thinking about not accepting my first round offer, which is my fourth choice in the CEO list, because I want one of my first three. So I'm going to hold out in the second round for that. Do you think that's a good idea? No, please <laughs> don't do that. So this is if, if you take away nothing from this podcast, except this piece of information, always treat every offer as if it's your last. So take that offer because you have nothing to lose. If that's your fourth choice, you are still um, open to getting your first, second or third choice in a subsequent round. You have nothing to lose by accepting that um, fourth choice, except buying yourself a bit more time. Um, so please do not ever uh, refuse an offer hoping to get a subsequent offer because it's completely counterproductive. Yeah, I agree with 100%. So if you accept your first round offer, it does not prohibit you from getting an offer higher up in your CEO list in subsequent rounds. That's really, really important. So Aoife, I have applied for level six, seven, uh, mm -hmm. put down 10 uh, options on that. And I've applied for level eight, I put down 10 options there. And now I'm after getting two offers, one from my level six, seven list and one from my level eight list. What should I do now? You should accept whichever one you want. So um, if you want to take your level eight, accept that. And if you want to take your level six or seven, accept that. But only accept one because accepting one 
automatically rejects the other. So it's super important to just accept one offer. Um, usually people will 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 choose their level eight usually. But sometimes, such as if, uh, you know, often a student might want to do science, for example, and the points have gotten so high for the level eights in science, they might decide to take their level seven in science. And then that's just a, a slightly longer route to getting your level eight, but you're on the path. So you might decide to take your level six or seven in that. Um, it can often happen in science and engineering, I find, um, as a pathway to the level eight and then obviously onto level nine or, or 10, um, ultimately, if, if that's what the student wants. So on the 31st of August, the day after the first round CA offers come out, the vacant places opens up. What are vacant places and how do I apply for those? So available places or vacant places are exactly what they say on the tin. So if I haven't filled my course, so again, if I have a, a course and I have 100 places in the course and maybe I only had 80 applicants, well, then I have 20 places left. And so um, I'll you can still apply for those. So if you didn't get an offer um, that you're happy with or, or at all, you can apply now for one of the vacant or available places. And so it's a super offer. And often, Donica, these are, are, are really good courses with fantastic pathways. I had a student um, a couple of years ago who took a, a course in St. Patrick's Pontifical College on the CAO, which ultimately leads into arts and minutes. Um, so that was a great option for them. And uh, they were delighted with that. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a really good option to look at. Yeah, and it should be worth noting that if you're a CEO applicant already and you apply for a vacant place, it's free of charge. But if you have never applied for the CEO at any stage this year, well, you can still apply to vacant places for a fee of 45 euro. So maybe you thought at the time, God, I don't think college for me, I'm not going to apply for it. Now you've had a change of heart. There's still a possibility for you to apply for the vacant places that are on offer. Uh, so still options there. Speaking of options. I didn't do well enough to get a CAO offer. I'm very disappointed. What can I do now? Okay, so you've you've the available places that we just talked about. The private colleges are fantastic. Um, uh, like colleges like Griffith College or DBS. Uh, DBS have a number of of excellent courses. A lot of these courses are often really looking at the marketplace and plugging market shortages. I know DBS have fantastic courses in in the IT sector. Um. That that really have excellent job prospects. So that's a that's a really good option. Do you have many going for those, Donica? Yeah, and even I tell you what's very popular is psychology in DBS. So mm. the psychology in DBS obviously is QQI accredited, and it's accredited by the Psychological Society of Ireland. So whether you are doing it in Trinity or UCD or DBS, it's important that it's accredited by the Psychological Society of Ireland. And the DBS one is you have the likes of Portobello Institute who are not on the CEO, it's direct entry for there. And they have some good courses in physical education, sports therapy. There's even a few fashion ones in there as well. Uh, so lots of options in private colleges. So here's how private college breaks down. There is a fee to go to them. So you're talking anywhere between over 3,000 euros to about 6,000 euros. Now, any tuition fee that you're paying that's over 3,000 euros you can get 20% tax relief or your parents can, whoever's paying for the, the tuition fee can get 20% tax relief on the fee that's over 3,000 euro. So there's a good chunk coming back there as well. They're generally only three years long. Everything is included. You're not paying exam fees. Generally photocopying is included, stuff like that. So there's not those little extras 
that you might uh, not see in the fine print going to one of the bigger colleges. So it is a really good option. And I think when you add it all up after three years, four years, there's actually not a huge difference from a financial implication uh, for parents or students who are thinking about going to a private college. And you're coming out with a level six, a level seven or a level eight qualification, which is the most important. So I would say if you're thinking about applying to a private college now to contact a private college. They're very eager for you to contact them because they'll want to chat you through the system, how you might be able to apply for a course, whether it's through vacant places or whether it's through direct entry. So make sure to contact the college there. But yeah, like you said, Aoife, a really good option. Uh, so, Dunica, it's it's really significant that a lot of them are three years. And remember, there can be a passport. So if you had your heart going to heart set on a particular university, you could do your undergraduate in um in a private college and then do your postgrad in a in a different university that you you'd, you'd initially hope to go to. So you know they, that that can absolutely happen as well. Yeah, and, and some of these like DBS uh, have amazing facilities. They've almost nine thousand, I think, over nine thousand students. So you think it's a small, tiny little college, but it's actually pretty big uh, when it comes to colleges around Ireland. So a really good mm-hmm. option and there. Backbang in the city centre, so you really have that city living experience, and uh, you know, beside other colleges as well. So you can piggyback onto some of their uh, social events and stuff as well if you want to. So just have a look out at the private colleges. So uh, as an option, either direct entry or through the vacant places might be a good option. Um, What do you think of the tertiary degrees? Yeah, so the tertiary degrees were only launched in July by Minister Simon Harris. Um, Basically, what you're doing is you're doing either a year in a PLC or two years in a PLC before going on to a TU or to an IT or a college. Um, And I think they're a great opportunity. So right now, if you do a PLC and you apply to the CEO, there's no guarantee you get into the degree. If you do the tertiary degree and you do your PLC, as long as you're passing everything, you're guaranteed to get into the university part of the qualification. So that's where it's really good for the likes of. So I live in Leash and where I'm thinking and I've spoken to people about this, say there's a business degree where you do two years in Port Leash Institute. And then you do two years in SETU Carlo. Now, I've spoken to friends who said, this is brilliant because I don't have to pay accommodation that I can't really afford right now for my kid to go to university. They can do their two years in Port Leash. And then we're ready for the two years in Carlo. I know that's coming. I can start saving, whatever the case may be. I actually did a talk for the Leash Minor Hurlers and Footballers recently who said this would suit them better because they're trying to stay around Leash for the hurling and football for the two years and then head to Carlo for the final two years. So there's loads of little things like that. Uh, the people are starting to think, well, maybe this tertiary degree part uh, might suit me. There's no CAO points required for it at all. Um, and like I said, guaranteed to get your university place as long as you keep passing everything and they are taking applications right up until the end of September. So it could be a really good option, Eva. It's a really fantastic option. And I think there's just never been so many options, Danica. Um, Good to hear you talk about the PLCs there. I'm a, I'm a big fan of them. 
they can be a fantastic option for a student who might be disappointed, gives them an extra year to mature. And if if it's an area, subject area that they're they're really interested in, a real opportunity to excel at PLC and go directly into university then um, with a lot of extra expertise that will really stand them in good stead um, at university. I've never met a person who did a PLC who regretted it. They all say it really helped me. It equipped me for the skills going to college that I needed, that I wouldn't have had, as you said, Aoife, a year to grow up, whether that's uh, from a maturity level or even from an academic level. It's given me a year to grow up to know what I need to be able to do to succeed uh, when I do get there. So for me, PLC is one of two reasons you do want to either enter the world of work or to use it to apply to college. Um, So, yeah, I think they're amazing. There's so many all around the country. Your local ETB uh, will run these College of Further Education. So the likelihood is that there's one very close to you. And as you said, Eva, there's so many different areas that they offer, whether it be engineering, business, so many different areas. And you'll definitely find one in your local area that you might like to do. So, yeah, I would highly recommend the PLCs. Like I said, never met anybody who regretted doing one. Yeah, and I I really find that speaking to students who've done a PLC, when they go into university, any of that being intimidated by the work or being overwhelmed by the work has gone because they're actually in such a good position. They've done a lot of of the first year content in the PLC. So they go in and it's easy breezy for them. It can be a really fantastic option. And they're sure they want to do it at that stage because I would say 95% of PLCs have a work experience option. So you're getting work experience in that area to know whether this is for you or not. You're not wasting four years coming out and thinking, God, this wasn't for me when I could have done that PLC. For me, actually, if it's a bigger, I think that should be called transition year uh, because it helps you transition from secondary level to third level uh, even more significantly, I suppose, than junior cert to leaving cert. Uh, It's a brilliant transition year, uh, I think. Uh, We talked about vacant places. There's something similar in the UK called clearing. Yeah, so um, I don't know if it's UCAS is the is the UK uh, CIO. It's called UCAS, the application system, and they have again uh, clearing, which is like their available places, and again huge choice on that. So in in all sorts of areas, um, it, like and often courses that would be highly desirable and and highly competitive in Ireland, you could find places. Um, on, on UCAS clearing and the University of Ulster, which has three campuses in the north of Ireland, have lots of courses on um, on UCAS clearing every year. And UCAS clearing is a bit like vacant places in that even if you never signed up for UCAS uh, at the start of the year, you can still make an application now. Now, the UK universities are brilliant for contacting they really want you to contact the admissions office they want you to ask questions they want you to say this is my leave insert have you got a place for me in this course uh, they're so accessible in that respect so contact the university even before you make an application through clearing contact them and they will step by step show you what you need to do uh, and they're really really good for that uh, Aoife, apprenticeships have really, really changed since 2015 since Solace took over. Uh, what do you know about this? I mean, I just think they're an incredible option as well, Donica. Earning as you learn. Again, I just think with the cost of living crisis and the, the housing shortage and all of that, I, I really think a lot of families are under pressure and that's trickling down to lots of students. And they have to, a lot of students have this 
practical uh, they, uh, <laughs> what, are, what I'm lots for words there, but uh, consideration, I guess. Yeah. Um, and this earn as you learn, and in I suppose we used to think of apprenticeships in as just the craft apprenticeships, like electrician and plumber and that kind of thing. Now they're in things like financial services, in IT, in estate agency, all sorts. And I think they're a fantastic option. Yeah, I would say um, when we were doing our teacher training, I felt like it was an apprenticeship in one respect because you had so much work to do on site in the the environment you were going to be in. And then you had that academic element that you had to go to. to. And I found for me learning on site around people, around different teachers and students really helped me and was probably an area where I was able to learn better than, say, in a lecture hall. And that's something that students might need to consider. Would this be a better way for me to learn? And as Eva pointed out, it's earn as you learn. So you're getting paid. And, and again, as Eva said, the cost of living crisis for everyone, it might ease that um, part of, of life for people. Um, and there's level eight opportunities, level six, level seven. Um, there's big incentives for businesses to take on apprenticeships. And there's particular monetary incentives for businesses to take on female apprenticeships, which is uh, they're trying to get more females into these areas. And it's not your traditional blue collar, your plastering, your building, your carpentry, which are all still there. But you've got your finance, your science, your engineering, recruitment, insurance, you know, there's hairdressing, there's sales, there's everything really you could think of in these areas. And if you go on to apprenticeship.ie, they actually advertise uh, for businesses who are looking to take on apprentices. Um, and if there's something not in your area on it, well, then the first thing you do is get an employer uh, who wants to take you on as an apprentice before you actually sign up for it. So a really good opportunity as well. Uh, to come out with a level eight on the QQI framework too. And again, so, if if you if they do a level eight through that apprenticeship model, they're still eligible with their level eight degree to apply to a, a level nine or a master's or whatever in a in a traditional university if they wanted to have that university experience yeah. afterwards. So uh, it's a really great opportunity, I think. Yeah, like I think there's there's never been as many opportunities for students. So I know we feel like we're paying lip service by saying, uh, don't panic, there's loads of opportunities. But that really is the case because we've given you all the examples there today. Uh, not to worry whether you're a parent, whether you're a student, don't worry if things don't go your way. If things go your way, well done, congratulations, brilliant. But if they don't go your way, don't worry, there's still loads of opportunities. Absolutely. So uh, the National Parent and Leave Insert Helpline is still opened and you can contact them on 1800 265 165 where you can chat to a guidance counsellor, an experienced guidance counsellor who's registered with the Institute of Guidance Counsellors and they'll be able to advise you on different situations. Eva, again, thank you so much for taking the time to come on to the podcast and that was very helpful for all the parents and students listening. Delighted to be here. Thank you, Donica. And best of luck to all the students. Hope you're uh, you're happy with what you get. But if you're not, um, maybe ring the the guidance helpline and and get some options. Thanks, Eva.